Everybody and welcome back to another episode of Every Horror Movie on Netflix, the podcast where we discuss, review, and watch. Actually, sometimes we watch, review, and discuss, but today we're going to discuss, review, and watch one of the many, many, many horror movies on Netflix. I'm Patrick, and I'm back as always with my friends Chris, hi, and Stephen. Hello, hello! What a great Damn. warm welcome from you, Stephen. S- said that like Robin Williams in Good Morning Vietnam. <laughs> Good morning, Amon! <laughs> woke me up. Scared me and woke me up. <laughs> it's November. We're coming into November fully rejuvenated and, and spooked up from the Halloween season. What have you all been watching, reading, enjoying in the horror world since last we met? I got a lot, and there's probably going to be some crossover. I'm part of it. Um, <laughs> I caught up with Barbarian, and that's on HBO Max now. I had fun with it. I mean, does it add up to anything really cohesive as, like, a social commentary? Not really. I didn't really end up caring all that much. Um, It is pretty disposable, but I enjoyed it from minute one to the closing credits. And I watched all of Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. I know at least Patrick has watched a few Curiosities from that series. Um, Overall, I'm a big fan of it. it. Like... Every piece kind of has its own flaws, but that's sort of, you know, built into the anthology format. It's just really cool to see up and coming directors taking on, you know, kind of tried and true material or in a couple of cases, uh, short stories that Guillermo del Toro made specifically for the series. But I all in all had a blast with it. I think there might have been two I was lukewarm on, but I still appreciated parts of them. Um, curious, Patrick, what your favorites are so far as you've been plowing through it. Yeah, I've only gotten to see three so far. I watched episodes one, three, and four, skipped two for kind of an amusing reason, um, but I'll be coming back to it. Uh, my favorite so far by far has been The Outside, episode four, directed by Anna Lily Amirpour of uh, A Girl Walks Home Alone fame. Uh, man, it was night. a knockout. Oh, A Girl Walks Home Alone at night. Yeah, that's right. Um, real knockout episode. Um, really loved the dark comedy of this story about uh, an insecure woman whose uh, sort of shitty friends prey on her insecurities and get her hooked on an extremely dangerous uh, cosmetic product. Um, just loved the visuals of this episode. It was so colorful and just really enjoyed the very, very dark humor of it all. How about you, Stephen? That, that, that's a standout for me. I liked just the big, bold, quirky energy of it. It's, it's for me, the entire thing was an anxiety attack, but like in the best possible way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it had heavy, uh, the stuff vibes. I urge you to seek out the stuff. If you like that entry, the Larry Cohen movie from the eighties about an equally sinister product, uh, that you, you eat, you don't apply it to your face though. I suppose you probably could. Um, and I really liked, I mean, this is just a personal thing for me, but I love, love, love the Michael Shea horror short story, The Autopsy. And while the adaptation wasn't perfect, it's about as close as I could imagine it to capturing kind of the weird terror of the the original story. I mean, this involves 
uh, in, in extraterrestrial and, of course, a titular autopsy. I'll say no more than that, but it gets pretty uh, nerve-shredding. The one that really didn't land with me, and you'll get to it, is Catherine uh, Hardwick, famously the director of Twilight. Oh. <laughs> D- adapted Dreams in the Witch House by H.P. Lovecraft with Rupert mm. Grint. And, um, mm. you know, I'll be curious to hear how your mileage varies on that one. I didn't think it all really fit together very well. But, mm-hmm. but otherwise, there's just a lot of awesome craft and invention on display it's kind of like a modern update of the of mick garris's masters of horror series and i hope this thing continues yeah and especially to be a vessel for young filmmakers who who maybe only have a couple of shorts or a feature under their belt yeah i love anthology movies i love anthology series and based on what i've seen so far this is a great one chris what have you been up to buddy uh, well, I haven't been consuming that much horror media. I'm kind of taking a break now that I'm not obligated to consume horror media because it's no longer October. Oh, the, I told you the spooky season lasts until Christmas. Oh, oh damn Back it. on it. Right, <laughs> back into it. Um, but let me talk about uh, a Halloween party I went to right on the Saturday before Halloween. I was very excited about this, and I saw one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. I invited myself. Long story short, I I didn't. I barely knew these the hosts of the party. I invited myself to their party, basically, like in last January. I got the invitation. I was so excited. New friends, Whitney and David, who they sometimes they listen to the show. They said, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see if their ears are burning. Um, their whole house is decorated with horror paraphernalia and memorabilia, wall to wall, the whole house. I had seen pictures. That's why I wanted to go over there. Uh, I did not. I underestimated the extent. I can, I can say no more. It was, it was beyond my wildest dreams. So <laughs> many displays. And then they had put together the finest Halloween costume I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I got there and, and Whitney was very clearly already dressed as Jeffrey Combs from Reanimator. She had the lab coat and the the right color shirt and tie and the glasses and everything. And it was still a little bit of a mystery. It was like, oh, who am I? And and, and people who were at the party who weren't familiar with Reanimator were still scratching their heads. And then it was like, oh, David's working on the on on his costume still. David's David's working on it. Like he he David's absent for the first hour I'm at this party. Then finally she comes out and she's pushing a cart, and David is he has a his decapitated head is in a tray on the cart <laughs> <laughs> because his it was Hell a, yeah. he's like sitting underneath the table in a, in a box and just his head sticking through into the little pan so he's playing a, a David Gale's character from Reanimator. Mm-hmm. Uh they come out I'd never seen anything like this. It was phenomenal. And the icing on the cake was of course they have glowing green syringes but they were jello shots. So I took a syringe awesome. and, and and enjoyed that that gelatin beverage. Um, mm. Lots of creativity, lots of fun. Great Halloween, nice. best weird Halloween I've had since I went to the weird pop up haunted house two doors down from me a few years ago. Um, I'll toss it back to Patrick. What have you been up to? Oh, so much! My God, I I did finally rewatch Doctor Sleep. I don't think I touched on that last episode. That still slaps. We've talked about that enough lately, though. Uh, rewatched yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas and Corpse Bride, both sides of the age-old debate. I think I still come mm-hmm. down a little harder on the side of Corpse Bride and the Corpse. The Bride age-old camp. debate: Who directed them, Tim Burton or Toby Hooper? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, Tim Burton did not direct The Nightmare Before Christmas, I'll have you know. No, he absolutely did not. Um, rewatch one of my favorite movies of all time, The Silence of the Lambs, and that sure holds up. And also finally caught up with the Steven recommendation from a long fucking time ago, The Suckling, which fully lived up to uh, oh, I forgot we your that. your endorsement, Steven. Steven brought this to a Halloween party that we went to, and holy shit, that movie is fucking wild, and I'm glad that I finally got to see it. Also, in my long ongoing uh, journey to read the Junji Ito catalog, I finally caught up with one of his classics, Tomi, which is about a mysterious and rather malevolent girl who uh, repeatedly kind of drives people around her to murder her and then comes back in various ways. It's like 20, 25 different stories all based around this concept. And of course, she always comes back in horrifying and, and improbable ways in the Junji Ito, disgustingly imaginative. Uh, tradition but the central concept is just i don't know he's such a weird dude it's like why did this concept in particular fascinate you enough to write this many stories about it it's actually one of my least favorite in his catalog but glad that i finally caught up with it i mean the answer to that question of why is i mean he was fascinated by a fake piece of poop when he was a child i think that's <laughs> everything we need to know <laughs> i forgot about that uh, there's his real masterpiece <laughs> well what the hell did we watch this week fellas We watched Sweetheart, which was my pick. This is a 2019 film. We'll we'll kind of throw in a quick disclaimer here first. We're going to be extremely, extremely uh, kind of sparing in our uh, pre-spoiler room discussion today because it's a fairly simple plot. The central concept of this movie itself is almost a spoiler. The filmmakers, as we'll probably discuss at some point, went to some lengths to to conceal it themselves, even just in the title of the movie and, and their marketing of it. Um, so we're going to be pretty light on details early on today, and then we'll get into uh, the the kind of central premise a bit more once we get into the spoiler room. Yeah, one of one of the biggest delights in this movie was being surprised by what the premise was. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, but we've got a survival film and. It's led by Kiersey Clemens, who is from Chris's favorite comic book cinematic universe, the Zack Snyder DC cinematic universe. I think she's best best known for that outside of you this said movie. you said that, and I don't know is she is she the Flash's girl? Yeah, she's in the she's in the movie that won the Oscar uh, Audience Choice Award for greatest movie <laughs> moment of all time. Yes, <laughs> you know an iconic cinematic moment. But that's like, she's in there for like 45 seconds, right? No, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. I mean, she's okay. not like a big a big star. I'm just trying to say that's, I think, the, the, the thing people have seen her in, if they've seen her in Well, something. maybe she'll return in the, in the standalone Flash movie if Ezra Miller hasn't killed her yet. <laughs> <laughs> I do think, she, I, as far as I know, she is in the Flash movie, or if, if it ever actually gets released. Yeah. Um, but it's Kiersey Clemens. She, uh, her, she, she was on a boat and she's been stranded on a desert island. And uh, it would seem that she's not alone. There's something sinister uh, on the island that she must contend with. Yeah, uh, that's the that's the movie. I mean, until we get to the part yeah. we're not going to talk about, where it's Castaway, basically. Yeah, Tom Hanks. She makes really short order of like finding ways to survive and like, you know, there's coconuts, there's, you know, she's able to spearfish like in- instantaneously. <laughs> oh yeah. All the um, shit we see Tom Hanks take a month to figure out she does in about three hours. Yeah. <laughs> she has some much. help cause she has, she finds like a book of matches. So she has some cheat codes. 
Yeah, she finds some certain items on the island that seem to have been left behind by folks who are no longer there. She finds graves of folks who were there at some point. Yeah. And she's, you know, as as you both already alluded to, she's a very capable character. And, and I love to see a capable character in a horror movie. We see too many movies where people are either just like clueless or the screenwriters write things for them to do that make no fucking sense. And what is this girl's name? Jen, that's right. Jen is just badass you don't even necessarily know what the hell she was doing on the boat in the first place but this is clearly a person who knows her way around and and can and can survive yeah but also at the same time she's also not she's not bare grills like she's just kind of she's got common sense and 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 some she's doing the right things but she's not doing anything especially smart or especially well and in fact one one thing i did like is she tries some things that don't look like they would work and then they don't work. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, mm. I mean, it's cool that you tried. That's that. true. <laughs> um, well, well, or even the, you know, you mentioned spearing fish and how quickly that does happen. I mean, she does succeed in spearing a fish really rather fast, but, uh, loved her reaction. Like she's genuinely shocked and elated to have succeeded at spearing a fish, mm. presumably for the first time. And I was like, I was practically cheering. I about <laughs> leapt out of my seat when she when she speared the fish. And props to her, wow. props to her and her performance because she, for a lot of this, has almost no dialogue and is essentially alone and carries it pretty effortlessly. Mm-hmm. It kind of looked nice, you know, to, to, be, <laughs> to be trapped it's on a, that island. It's a pleasant, pleasant milieu for sure. Really beautiful yeah. footage. I found her. Effortless is one word for her performance, and I'm not blaming her necessarily because I haven't seen her in anything else, but, like, she's not given a lot. I mean, especially because we're going to reveal some stuff later. Like, we don't really know anything about this person other than the fact that, like, we're seeing her find ways to survive. So, Mm. I don't know. I didn't really connect with her in, in the first part of this movie. There was nothing to hang on to, and I felt like... I don't know, there were times where it felt like she was even maybe a little bit skittish or uncomfortable in the performance because there's not a lot beneath the surface to Mm. work with. I guess for me, it kind of worked as her just being like an audience surrogate character like you know because sure. because we don't know anything about we and it's a really interesting choice that they've made to not tell us anything about her we can we kind of infer that she was on a boat that sank but like we don't even really know that <laughs> um we don't know where she's come from what happened uh who she was with who she is in her in her normal life we don't know any of that it gets it, some of it gets revealed much later on but yeah you just kind of have this character and it's like project what you want so i don't know i guess i projected myself and i was like okay i'm on the island now oh shit <laughs> look at all these graves oh yeah and i think we can reveal as well that like half of one of the other passengers washes up at one point that's a little yeah. horrific well, I mean, even in the first scene, uh, she finds her dead friend. Well, I mean, actually, he's not dead at the moment. He's uh, he's at death's door and dies in the first. He's at the hour. devil's what? door. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he saw the devil when he was five. Dies in the first three minutes of the movie, which is obviously a pretty harrowing start to things. And, and I mean, I think she plays that very well. Too. I mean, I think she plays everything well in this. But yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I don't want to say thinly drawn character because I feel like a decent amount of thought went into creating that character behind the scenes, but we're not directly told 
a lot about that character. And and actually, that's another thing that I, I think we'll talk, I'll talk more about, at least in the spoiler room, is um, this movie doesn't lay anything on too thick. Um, it's also kind of trying to do some political things that it's fairly quiet about. It's not really leading you by the nose to anything, and I appreciate that. Hmm. I am yeah. excited to have we'll, that conversation. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk more about that. Um, but yeah, but you know, as in terms of, in terms of just a, I don't know, I survival stories. They're always it's hard to lose my attention uh, in a in a well plotted desert island survival story. Um, oh and, sure, I I thought this was super entertaining and you know well well done for the most part. Mm-hmm. Very watchable. This is like a very me thing, I guess. But I kept thinking, like, there's a lot of like scenes of her having to find places to get cozy and warm at night, and there's lots of like ASMR with like the rain and the waves. And like sometimes when I have trouble sleeping, I imagine that I'm like on an island and I gotta like make my bed, you know, like dig a hole and like like I don't know something I do about that this too. is really. <laughs> do you really? Yeah. Yeah. Or or I yeah. Um. And there's a lot of that. The one that really got me though, um, was when she goes to sleep inside of a tree trunk. Mm. Oh, yeah. Nothing horrific ends up happening, but I'm just like, nope, we don't know what's living in there. We're already hearing weird noises in the jungle. It looks like Spider City. That's not my happy place, but (laughs) uh, good for her for sticking it out and getting some good rest in there. Oh, yeah, it is a beautiful setting, um, and it almost has a bit of that Midsommar vibe because not that this takes place exclusively in daylight at all. But, um, you know, there's certainly some ups- upsetting stuff that happens at daylight. And maybe, I don't know, I would say probably the majority of the movie does take place during daylight. So I, I enjoyed that kind of the juxtaposition of this, you know, rather idyllic tropical setting with uh, the situation of great fear and despair. I mean, the cool thing is, and the thing that kind of keeps you going is every time she discovers something that's like, Oh, this is a here's a new tool for her. How's she gonna use this? And and so and that happens a lot as she explores more of the island and finds things that other people who were there left behind, or as like random, you know, the plot will be lagging a little bit and then something will wash up and it's like, Oh great, like I am so excited, something just washed up. Like there's, there's almost video video game energy to it, you know, press yeah, X right, to pick exactly. up the flare gun. <laughs> Yeah, that sort of like incremental progression sort of thing, getting new abilities, and it's like, oh, here's a here's a here's a, a new corpse just washed up. Oh, one, I wonder what's in his pockets. Yeah. <laughs> what's in his pockets? Yeah, uh, you can get a lot of mileage out of that stuff. And I dare say, I don't know, it's been a long time since I watched Castaway, but I feel like this is a little bit more watchable than Castaway. Maybe I'm maybe I'm totally <laughs> off base with that. I haven't seen Castaway in so long. Obviously, I thought of that, too, like, during this whole movie. I haven't seen it since it came out, but I remember it being pretty uh, treacly in places and, like, overly sentimental, maybe. Yeah, like, I remember he, like, struggles with his, like, his toothache for a good half hour of that movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's compelling cinema, Chris. (laughs) And also, you know what? I like that she has matches because I just, I don't need to see people making fire with sticks anymore in a movie. Um, It's boring. (laughs) I never, I'm like, okay, if that's your solution to how they make fire, that's fine. I don't need to see it. so Neanderthal. I don't want to see him try. I, I I never believe it when it works. I'm like, I don't think that would actually work if I tried it. Um, 
<laughs> so I'm glad that they just give her matches. And much like a video game, they give her a limited amount of matches. So it's like, okay, you have fire, but it's not the be-all, end-all here. Got to manage your inventory. Yeah, got to save your ammo. All right, well, I feel like I've already reached the point where I'm I'm reaching to talk about this without talking about what it's fucking about, which you learned very soon, but I, I we all agreed it's, it's kind of important, I think, to preserve that mystery for those who might want to watch this. I'll go first. I will give it a cue it. It is, like I said, pretty watchable, pretty fun. Also kind of slight in my view. The themes and the politics that you alluded to never really came into focus for me. Uh, the conflicts, the resolution kind of left me wanting. I It makes a weird choice to kind of completely ignore this character in her life and then try to get you to kind of care about it like three quarters of the way through the movie. That I, mm-hmm. I didn't, didn't really work for me. Um, there's nothing wrong with this movie. It just... It just wasn't a whole lot that I hadn't seen before. I've seen better. I feel like I've seen better stranded on a beach movies. None of them come to mind, but I feel like they're out there. And I also feel like there's better movies in the genre that this also eventually turns into. This movie kind of reminded me a lot of hush actually. Huh? Hmm. I could see that. And something else that, that I forgot, but yeah, I'll say cue it. You could do better. You could certainly do worse. So Chris, would you like to see Zack Snyder's Sweetheart, where there's an extended sequence where the Flash shows up to help her um, halfway through? You know, maybe, but so much of this movie is very dark as is, and there's a lot. <laughs> of, uh, I, I don't think I, I don't need any of the action that happened in this movie to be speed ramped or slowed down any more than it is. So, <laughs> okay, all right, good to know. I'll, I'll give this a view. It it's uh, it's a short runtime and it flies by even for being eighty two minutes. I found it perfectly entertaining and I liked the simplicity of it and sort of the spareness of it. I thought it worked quite well. How about you, Stephen? I'm really struggling with this one, guys, because yeah, it's short and sweet heart <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can think I, I'll give it a cute if only because I can think of a couple of people in my personal life who would actually probably really enjoy this um, I'd have to warn them about the effects and things going in like don't expect too much but like I can see a couple of people having fun with it for me I just yeah it's very thin um, I didn't. I was not engaged with the central performance most of the time. I just didn't. And part of it is just the it's just the character and the structure, right? There's just like not not a hat to hang on this character um, for quite a bit of the movie. And I, you know, it didn't show me anything I haven't seen in like a straight, you know, desert island survival thriller before. Um, yeah, cue it. There's nothing else I can say before the spoiler room. That's all <laughs> I got. All right, well, we're going to head on over to the spoiler island and reveal everything about Sweetheart. Uh, So if you want to watch the movie and be surprised, stop the podcast right now. But in the meantime, uh, we'll remind you to head on over to our social media, follow us, like us, share us, subscribe us, whatever you do on uh, the Facebook, the Instagram, the Twitter. We're on all those at Amoncast, E-H-M-O-N-Cast. You can also go to our broken website, everyhorrormovieonnetflix.com. There you'll find a link to our merch store where you can get t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other goods and sundries with 
with every horror movie on Netflix art on them. There's also a list on the website of every movie, or most of the movies, I guess, that we've watched in this entire podcast and the ratings that we gave them. And lastly, we'll remind you to go to your podcast provider of choice, leave us a review, and subscribe to the show. Uh, helps you know boost our boost our rankings, boost our numbers, and make it so more people can find the show. All right. You guys got your matches, got your flare guns, got all that good stuff so we can head on over to the Spoiler Island? Mm-hmm. Ahoy, matey. All right, let's swim. All right, we have washed ashore on the Spoiler Island, and we are here. To discuss all the secrets of Sweetheart. So let's just cut right to the chase, which again is revealed, I think, in the first 15 minutes, but it's a big yeah. deal. And the filmmakers tried to conceal it. There's a fucking sea monster. There's a, a monster. Mama monster. And revealed in a pretty fucking sick fashion, in my opinion. She's got a flare gun. She's trying to signal a passing airplane in the dark. Shoots the flare up. Airplane doesn't see it. She's very depressed. The flare sinks towards the water. And as it crashes, illuminates the silhouette of this man Godzilla. Humanoid <laughs> Godzilla. Predator. It's a predator. In the distance. I did not know we were going there. And again, my face just lit up. I was delighted when I saw it. It was, shot. yeah, it was great. And also, the pilot should have seen the flare. If the pilot didn't see the flare, revoked their license. Was, <laughs> I mean, she was I thought about maybe it was, she, she wasn't that late in the night sky. Come on. Maybe it was dense. Denzel Washington in that movie where he's drunk all the time. <laughs> he's drunk. And the, the plane was upside down. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe it, maybe this does exist in the Tom Hanks cinematic universe. Maybe it was Sully. Captain Phillips. I thought maybe it was Sully trying boat? to land the plane. He was too busy trying to prevent the plane crashing. Captain Phillips is about a boat, yeah. Okay, I've never seen either. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. I just, I only saw fl- the trailer for Flight but I think about it all the time because in the trailer there's like they're like asking Denzel they're like do you have a are you drunk do you do this and then and Denzel's like I'm drunk right now actually <laughs> like in court and I, I yeah. every every time I have a couple I'm like I'm drunk right now actually <laughs> it goes through my head <laughs> anyway what's your price for flight Chris just referencing that dumb song I don't know no, what you're talking about. Sorry. Sister Christian and Alright, wow. Musical talent. Oh um, no, that's staying in. Of course. This um, is a karaoke podcast now. So this is this is a surprise to see the monster, but but they said one of my my other favorite moment of the movie. I mean, Stephen knows I like this shit. She's swimming and 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 she's looking uh-huh. for like luggage that sank, and she dips underwater and looks down at the seafloor and just sees a giant maw swirling in the in the <laughs> seafloor. I like that. That was creepy. Yeah, that's creepy. I, I and, and sea fever. That's why. That's why I mentioned it because sea fever. Oh, I know. You like a maw. Like, I, I like, like a, a gaping, dripping maw. Um, uh, <laughs> underwater maw. Absolutely. Um. 
very scary. Uh, and then you see, then you see the, but you, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm still not thinking sea monster, much less bipedal walks around at night. Sea monster. I mean, not to can, not to make another like connection to a different iteration of the flash, but this thing looks like fucking King shark. If anybody's seen the CW flash, I mean, or like seen the character King shark from the comics or fuck. I mean, King shark was suicide in the squad, suicide right? squad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he's a big shark. I'm cool. But no, the creature reminded me a lot of King Shark. And you know what? Love uh, uh, an aquatic, a sea monster that walks like a man, but has the skin and and head and facial features of a fish. It's ridiculous, but I love it. It kind of, so so I think what they were going for here and what the monster reminded me of was Cloverfield. Hmm. What? Hmm. Well, yeah. I, all right. Obviously, Cloverfield monster is much bigger. I don't. I don't. Also, think, not bipedal. It's not. No. I don't, I don't remember. Fucking quite show what the it to you. I don't know what it looks like. like. Don't think it looks they show like it this. to you in full color, babe. All right. Re- fine. Retract that <laughs> statement. But my 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 point was, it lives in the water, but it comes out on the land. And also, sure. the the title of the movie being like the non sequitur, like, oh, this movie is called Sweetheart. We're not gonna call it king shark <laughs> wait yeah you're <laughs> fucked up i'm looking up the Cro- cloverfield monster now and it does not look anything all right like fuck me right i didn't play the <laughs> augmented reality game to find the picture of the cloverfield monster in 2007 when no the, the point is you don't know what it looks like except maybe till the very end of the movie no you you see it in action it comes out of the sea and it walks around that's all i'm getting at Mostly, I'm making a point well, by about that the title logic, of the then movie. It looks, by that but logic, it looks like it, every a, fucking sea monster that's ever been in a movie. Oh it's a dead God. ringer for the host, you guys. Oh man, I don't remember. What I that one looks didn't like, like that movie. I should watch it again now that I'm more emotionally intelligent and see if it does anything different for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch it with you. I love that movie. I better really better movie like about a sea monster. Not. It turns out. Sure, sure, yeah. So that's what I was getting at before. Like, like. There are better creature features out there, um, and this movie turns out to be a creature feature. Very good yes. reveal. I'm not sure there's a better reveal of a creature in all of cinema. It's a cool reveal on you. I felt the in terror of, of existing on the island with this thing, and you know, she's got to like, she's trying to distract it from killing her, but she's got to sleep too. So there's a lot of like, mm-hmm. she makes her own hammock at one point, which I thought was kind of cool. Which, like, just sleep at day, ingenious. sleep by day, right? And, or, well, and you and Stephen, before you said there was nothing terrifying about her sleeping in the log, but I and I wasn't going to say it at the time because again, you can't really say this without explaining right. what the hell happens. But I thought that was fairly terrifying when she was in the log mm. in those very cramped quarters, and the thing is outside shaking the log and rolling it and trying to get yeah. her out of there. She gets Jurassic Parked in that log. She yeah. gets backcountried in that log. Yeah, <laughs> she gets Cloverfielded in that. She log. gets Cloverfield. She gets hosted in that log. <laughs> She gets dressed. That's a different. That's is. a different thing. <laughs> that's a different podcast. <laughs> um, but anyway, our our writer director J D Dillard apparently this that image of the flare gun and the monster was like the seminal image for this movie. He had, he was like looking at the water and he's like, "Damn, wouldn't it be scary if I saw something just stand out of the water in the moonlight?" And I'll be damned. Oh, I love that. That's like a Stephen <laughs> King impulse. Like that's yeah. kind of cool, right? Oh, yeah. I just wish yeah. they'd had a better budget for the monster. It looks. He's got good instincts because it it it's creepy. And the monster's actually a guy wearing a suit for much of the movie, which it looks like it's yeah. full CGI, but it's not. 
this is a low budget movie. You know, I, I don't think they were working with a lot here. And I think they do a pretty admirable job of using what they have in a fairly sparing way where a lot of the time I'm like, I want to see more of the monster, you know, but it's one of those situations where you probably also don't actually want to because it's probably not going to look great. And I think they made judicious use of what they had to work with on that. I think we see more than enough. There's a scene, Chris, I was thinking of you. There's a scene in a raft where the monster's head pokes up through the bottom of the raft and it's just like a cheap ass looking Halloween mask just squirming around that and looking fun. left to right with its mouth open up and down. I thought it was hilarious. It was like a like a full moon features type gag. All right. So this is this is gonna I'm gonna talk about this when we get into our thematic discussion of the film, which I don't know if we're ready for that yet. But did any of you feel bad for this monster? Mm. Um no, but I, I felt, felt ba- a not curiosity even, about it. Not even in this scene where he's poking his little fish head into the raft. <laughs> did, and you, they sh- did you wish this had actually been a farm-raised monster, Chris? Well, no, along those lines, though, <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Like, why can't things just exist? You know, why can't this, why can't this thing just exist? The scene where he's got the fish head coming into the raft and they shoot it in, with the flare gun. And it's going like, ah, <laughs> I was screaming so loud. Oh my God. I love like, that. cause here's the thing, like, and, and there's even cause some other characters show up eventually and, and, and our heroes trying to explain what it is. And, and she's like, ta- she clarifies, it's not an animal. It's a monster. But I'm like, it isn't. I mean, it's an animal. I guess it's a pretty remarkable specimen of something that the world has never seen. And it's just trying to live in its little maw and like feed on fish, much like you are. I don't know. Maybe I'm just too, too soft about animals in the natural world here. But is there a version of this movie that could work if she just tries to let it be? And survive, yeah. Like, communicate, or like she had a good thing going where she starts to bait it and like leave, food, yeah. like corpses out for it, and it eats it and goes back into the water, and she gets through the night that way. Mm-hmm. She could have just kept doing that, and then we could have had the 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 conflict with the people who eventually show up on the island, and they're and like, maybe yeah, maybe they're the ones who are like, fucking kill it, fucking kill it. Yeah. She's like, no, I'm out of here. It's yes. gonna eat you, and I'm gone. Yes. Oh, that oh, that would have been so much more interesting. Better for me. movie. We fixed it. We did it. Instead, they don't believe it exists. So <laughs> Patrick's they die here anyway. just not shaking his head like, "What the fuck are you guys talking about?" This is a fucking <laughs> yeah. Monster. I, I did not think once about uh, about this creature's well being. I was not concerned about it at all. It wasn't like inherently malevolent, though. I mean, it just is, right? It just exists. It's and a it Shows up there. It's like the backcountry like bear. Joker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like every fucking creature and every creature feature ever made. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I guess you can argue: should we really have this fear of predators in the natural world? Of course, we all do, and so people make movies about that, whether they're <laughs> ludicrous ones that don't actually exist or ones that do exist. That's the other movie that this reminded me of that I couldn't think of a moment ago: The Gray. This reminded me of Hush and the Gray. Oh, <laughs> I see that. Um. But yeah, and also the other thing is like, unlike say Cloverfield or the gray, no, wait, no, it is like the gray in this respect. Unlike say Cloverfield, she is, she has gone to this thing's home, like thousands of miles away from anything, you know, like Mm -hmm. this isn't an, this isn't an aggressor. This thing's just like hunting and fishing on his island. Let it be. Did you, did you feel bad for the wolves in the gray? 
Oh no, because they're 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 move. Well, first of all, the wolves don't get get rarely hurt in the gray. <laughs> I don't. They know do get mean. they do get directly punched in the face by Liam Neeson. Though, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if <laughs> which frankly is just an honor. Do any wolves die in the gray? There's a trivia question for you. I don't think so. Seen it. It's a good thing we're not at trivia night. Um, I mean, they're definitely yeah. yeah. He kills a wolf at the end, isn't that like the, the end it's, of the movie? It's is him in the like post credit scene? You see, he killed yeah. a wolf, but you don't see him kill a wolf in the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but yeah, I, I think I think the gray. It's my. I have a. I have a kooky uh thematic analysis of the gray i think it's a conservationist movie and i also think this is a conservationist movie even though it doesn't think it is we'll talk about that more <laughs> <Can't wait. laughs> okay um i yeah i mean so I, I i feel like we're saving the themes for the real coup de gras here but uh yeah what else happens i mean um her the, boyfriend shows up with yeah. some other yeah, her 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 douchebag boyfriend shows up, and he's been on They're a both evil and awful. Yeah, he he and this other friend have been on a raft surviving, and that washes ashore, and they immediately and they probably, distrust her. They're like, "There's not a monster. You're crazy." That's a that shit is annoying to me. Like that, like I I was kind of excited about what's going to happen when people finally show up on the island, but then we have to do the whole like, "Oh, they don't believe her," and like that's just exhausting. Like just just. Just believe her. Like she's been here for some time, right? And they she's got they got shit. like they got like backfill the reasons why they don't believe her because th- it seems like they should believe her. And then they're like, "This is like that one thing you said about getting mugged, isn't it?" And so like, "Oh, okay. Right. I guess our hero's a, a pathological liar." But I'm finding it, this out an hour and a half in the movie. And there's so little about that too, though, where it's like, okay, well, clearly, like that's gonna play into the themes, and like we're finally getting some meat here to chew on, but we're also not really given enough for me to understand what this character is like back home entirely. Mm-hmm. I was frustrated by that. So I read some stuff from uh, I think the director and from the star where it, that suggested that like the one of the themes in this movie is about uh female empowerment and specifically black female empowerment and one of the things going against that is you know people not believing you people not taking you mm-hmm. seriously that sort of thing um so they're trying to i think reflect that that's real i just don't, i feel so like shoehorned into like the last 20 minutes of this movie where i've already yeah i don't know it's a it's a weird one it's a weird one for it to take that long to finally like show us who this character is in the eyes of other humans who have lived with her. Yeah, it's 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 a weird choice just for all that stuff to kind of show up as late as it does. Um, and I don't know, I don't I don't need to rewrite the movie on them, but um, it, it is a little interesting. Well, but I mean, I I think it works for that to to turn up when it does because I, I mean, again, when you get down to the actual message of the movie, it's fairly. It's a fairly unsubtle message presented in a rather subtle way. Not subtle, but maybe a very lightly lightly drawn kind of way. But I mean, the monster is Trump. Like they're like <laughs> he's said things where it's pretty fucking clear that, you know, I mean, this is a quote from from the director from Wikipedia. At the time we were really reacting to the 2016 election and the fear of this monster which which Wikipedia helpfully puts in brackets Donald Trump being in office. We what? wanted we wanted the creature to be this big white translucent figure because normally scary things are dark. We wanted to do the complete opposite of that. 
That's ooh, I'm gonna call bullshit on that. I don't like that at all. Like I, I, I don't feel, I don't think the film reflects that in any meaningful way. And if it does, like what a silly way to deal with with <laughs> what a silly way to deal with the problem. Like a B monster movie. I, I like mean, yes, it. it's been done a billion times, but it felt like it 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 had a sense of importance about it that wasn't earned. I like it because especially in this era of, you know, quote unquote social horror and everybody doing a terrible inept job of trying to be Jordan Peele um, and, and which results in these movies where you're just fucking hammered over the head with whatever limp political point they're attempting to make. Um, I kind of much prefer this where there was some political intent behind it. But you feel the character struggle just on a little bit more of a personal level instead of somebody leading you by the nose to the, again, yes, unsubtle point that the monster is Trump. Because, I mean, when you break it down into those terms, it is fucking silly. But I like that they had that intent, but it's not super in the text of the movie. You, you experience it on an emotional level instead of like it being over and being like, oh, yes, the monster was Trump. You know, I, I thought I, the boyfriend was Trump, but like <laughs> monster is Trump. I don't, I don't buy that at all. And well, I, hey, love... that's the thing because you, you, your boyfriend voted for Trump is probably what the movie's saying. <laughs> hey, maybe. And I'm all about you know Joe Dante's kind of evergreen quote about how a monster is a metaphor. Love that. I love so many of the like even the Roger Corman B movies and stuff that was like lower budget than that. That was still like trying to be trashy entertainment, but also like inject some you know, a conversation starter into it. This just felt like it was, I don't know, just woefully misguided in some way, if that was really their point. That makes me like the movie even less, it turns out. Mm, yeah, I I really don't uh, accept the monster as a metaphor for Trump. Even, th- even with that in my mind, it's hard for me to see it. That said, you know, this is a black writer, black director, black star. They might have, they might be have some frequencies they're working on that I'm not receiving appropriately. Sure. But I I can see how maybe Trump's the inspiration behind some of it, but not really. There's a difference for me between saying, okay, like this is sort of like what's happening with Trump and then saying the mon- this is an allegorical story about Trump. If the inspiration comes from Trump, I can accept that, but I don't, I don't think it's enough in the text where you can watch this movie and say, Oh, the monsters Trump. <laughs> He's got three little psychopath, smaller monsters following in his footsteps. See, okay. This is like, He's got the, barren, okay. barren monster. No, I mean, you're, you're right. I'm, I'm probably, I'm reading the Wikipedia quote and also Wikipedia's parenthesization of the quote a little too literally. Probably. I think, you know, you're probably right. Like they're not trying to say the monster is actually Trump. Um, but more than that, but that situation inspired it. Yeah, sure. Or you're making a movie about a monster and you're making it in the wake of Donald Trump being elected president. And it's like, well, like, yeah, what, what are some ways this story echoes what's going on? Like, Oh shit. Like, why isn't anyone listening to me when I'm like, Hey, this shit is out there and it's a problem and you should take it seriously because it's going to kill all of us. Well, yeah, and I was going to say before, you know, kind of the you guys were complaining about the other characters who who d- disbelieve her showing up 
a bit late in the proceedings, but that kind of works for me because you've already been seeing her deal with this threat for some time at that point. You're very invested mm-hmm. in it. You know how real it is and how much strife she's gone through as a result of all this. And then to have somebody show up at that late point and to, to me, it helps reinforce and, and helps the audience feel that sense of frustration of like, what the fuck? We've been dealing with this for the past 45 minutes. Like, yes, it's a real threat. You know, I guess it it, yeah, it helped me like, connect to her emotional response more actually to have the disbelievers come in that late in the proceedings. It's like you see your uncle at Christmas and he's like, he's Obama did all the same stuff. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that hits home. But yeah, we also haven't mentioned that the the title of the movie comes from what her condescending boyfriend calls her multiple times. Yeah. She's like, "Sweetheart, it's going to be okay," you know, whatever. Yeah, it's a it's a real real point at the TV moment when he when he says that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I I don't know that yeah, that's that's all fine I guess. Also, in- interesting thing where they imply that the boyfriend and his female friend have murdered someone else who was on the raft with them right yeah. well they, they i think they ate half of the guy whose other half shows up on. oh the, you think that's what happened yeah. i think that's how i read it but yeah that was that was nice though nice why would they soul. only eat his legs i don't know maybe he started to rot i don't know I, I i don't think it was that guy but there's another story there that we're not told that was pretty interesting um and you oh, know i what? think good it's that for, guy don't they them. refer to that specific character by name isn't that what the implication? Yeah, but is, yeah, but I don't. I don't character? think that that's this. I don't think that's the same guy who washes up necessarily. It could be. Who knows? I think Just it something is for your imagination to play with. Yeah, I think it is. At no. least according to the the plot summary on Wikipedia, mm. which has never been known to be wrong. Which also, I think the Wikipedia. Maybe I misread it. But I mean, there's some there's some stuff in there that's not quite right. So you know, surprise, surprise. But that's the way I read it. Either way, they probably did some bad shit because they're bad people. Yeah. I like a Wikipedia article that's clearly been written by the filmmakers. And <laughs> it's, like, it's like when you're a detective and, and you, it's like this piece of evidence is known only to the killer because they like put something in the in the synopsis that a viewer wouldn't have reason to know. Anyway, that's so, not this movie. but <laughs> I also want to rewind for a second to we were talking a bit about the, you know, kind of thinly sketched history that we learn about this character and you know this question of whether she has lied in the past or is a pathological liar which is really only kind of referred to through this one line that chris mentioned about um you know the boyfriend saying you know what we remember what you said about when you said you'd been mugged or whatever right which also seems relevant within the context of um black filmmakers and what they're trying to say about being a black woman. And I feel like the mugging thing in particular is not a coincidence. You know, I think there's some right. kind of implied racism there on the boyfriend's part where it's like, you know, you know, you couldn't have been mugged like mugging it, like that mugging is a thing that happens to white people almost seems to be the implication there. So I don't know. Sure. I was questioning whether we really were to assume that she was like, had some kind of issue with lying or fabricating things in, in real life. And I don't know from the evidence that is in the movie, I kind of doubted it. That didn't seem likely to me. Yeah, I, I, I did too, but there's just so little there. It's like, we're finally about to tear into the meat of this thing. And we're just given a few lines to ponder. And I still didn't leave with a fully formed picture of, of who this woman really 
is. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know whether or not she's a pathological liar. I, I'm inclined to believe, just based on how unreasonable oh, yeah. those two characters are, that they probably are accusing her of something else that she didn't do. Um, but yeah. I know her boyfriend's an asshole, like, yeah. and they're probably very racist. I know that much, but I kind of wish that there had just been a little bit more detail there, and maybe even a little bit more earlier on. Um, not that I'm asking for a flashback or anything. I don't know how they would have handled it, but like, I just needed something to. You could have had the guy who washes up with her like stay alive a little longer, and they have some chats before he gets uh, comes to the wound. I don't know. Sure. Who knows? That's that's yeah. Meh. It's, could, it's, a, that it's outside of our pay grade. <laughs> anyway, but the the boyfriend and the, and the other woman who show up in the raft, um, we're using present tense adjectives, but but they they die. Um, the the wife is like. I don't, well, our hero says we got to leave tonight because this thing mostly comes at night, mostly. And so we got to get in this raft and get the fuck out of here. And they're like, are you crazy? We've been on a raft for like a week. Like we are so happy to have land under our feet, which very relatable. Um, I was actually thinking, what would I do in that situation? I would not get back on the raft. Hell no. What if somebody told you there was a monster on the island? I'd I'd say probably say what they said. I'd say, listen, like monster or not, I can't go back on that raft. I need to sl- sleep on a fucking beach for a night at least. Anyway, she tries to steal the raft and they, they stop her and they tie her up. And then the lady goes for a walk down the beach to, you know, because she has to <laughs> and she gets killed by the monster. Uh, and then the following morning, boyfriend and sweetheart try to leave on the raft <laughs> and the monster predictably shreds the bottom of the raft. Her name is Jen. Right. <laughs> shreds, right thanks, sweetheart. Shreds, <laughs> shreds the bottom of the raft, kills the boyfriend, drags him down to the maw, and it's just our hero left over. And our hero decides there's only one thing left to do. She has to stand and bang. Uh, she gets all what? her little sh- stand and bang. What's you gotta that? Watch more, you gotta watch more UFC. <laughs> oh. um, Do we really? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm okay. She gets all she gets all the little like sharp bone shards and things she can find, and 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 she she makes a she creates an octagon inside the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now that now that I got. <laughs> um, and and so and so she's ready to fight. Something else that happens, sort of, that we haven't talked about. I really liked this for some reason uh, when she finds the personal effects. It's just it's very sad when she finds the personal effects of all the people who've been on this island before, and the families have been on this island, and you know they all died, and it really just leaves it up to your imagination to think about what happened to them. Um, that was unsettling for me. Also, I liked how she finds a diary specifically from one of the people who used to be on this island. And we're like, all right, Lord Dump, what's going on? She opens the diary and there's a shit ton of writing in it, but it's all washed out and illegible. And that was depressing, too. I was like, man, that's I feel like that's saying something about the journey we're all on in life. (laughs) (laughs) Like oh you think you're doing something, you're just in the end, you're just a smear. Am I the only person who thought that was that was poignant? It did not hit me that way. Didn't register to me, but I like your read. Yeah, I, I I thought that was that was really sad. Like someone wrote all this expecting someone to read it, and now the perfect person to read it is here, but it's just been lost to time. 
going to be like this podcast. Yeah, exactly. As soon as we stop paying the 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 server fee for this thing, it's all going to be blurred, blotted out. Uh, so our hero before she before she she builds this ring and she gets her sharp shit and uh, she writes in a little letter, it, very much like Hush. This is one of the reasons it reminded me of Hush because she writes a letter in her in the diary that's like, yeah. So you found my letter, which means my bones are either six feet to the left of you or down in the maw in the ocean. There's a monster here good luck uh you know etc and she decides she's gonna fight this thing and she fights this thing and she she fucks it up well, i mean what what more can you say she lights a fire so the, so the octagon that she builds in the in the jungle has flaming walls around it um and it's pretty dope pretty cool it's pretty cool <laughs> it's kind of a trap i i like i like it when there's a monster and you gotta make a trap and she gets the upper hand and she eventually kills it. They, they, she stabs it to death on the beach and cuts its fucking head off like Kathy Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Dang. <laughs> the metaphor is complete. <laughs> okay, so what are we watching next time, guys? <laughs> Oh, well, you you joke, but that is the end of the movie. You know, she tears the head off and she she walked down the beach with it. And that's the end of the movie. So you might be saying, and this is why I started thinking about the themes. What the like? It's a it's it's a desert island survival escape movie. And you don't see her get off the fucking island. Right. What a choice. Why are they doing this? What are they trying to say? If this movie isn't about her getting off the island, what the fuck is it about? It's the, oh, I, the sequel, Sweethearts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, that's interesting. I did not think about that at all. In huh. my mind, the, the conflict had been resolved. In my Wow. Mind. Yeah. The, the conflict is about defeating the monster. Yeah. To me. Really? Yeah, not about Down getting off the island. She's right <laughs> she's she's uh capable. I have no doubt that she will either manage to survive on the island until her natural death or at some point get off or get rescued. I I was not worried about that. Well, she's used her last match and the island She'll figure out how to make a fire in the way that's boring <laughs> to you now. Um so I don't know. Here's here's my thought process, and, and and again, this isn't this isn't probably what the filmmakers intended, but it's what they made. Uh, they you see the final shot is her walking down the beach, and like a good third of the island is now completely engulfed in fire because the fire she lit around the ring to contain the monster has spread and is consuming the forest. You can't right. show you can't show me that image and have that be the last image of the movie without me thinking about. Uh, climate change, environmental destruction, etc. Oh, See, Chris, okay. that was only done for the the rule of thirds to get that last final. Shot. That's <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, so, but yeah, so I'm like, all right, if she's not like, why, why are we not supposed to care if she gets off the island? Um, and I, I was like, I'm, so the, what the movie says to me is like, this isn't about getting off the island. This is about, like you said, killing the monster. Monster, But like I said, I was feeling sympathetic towards the monster. This is about conquering nature. So we have this woman who has conquered nature finally, it, it, fully, 
and she by doing so has taken this like really beautiful unique natural specimen and murdered it <laughs> for, um and she's like yes this is great i have i have i have <laughs> done really something beautiful sweetheart and natural indeed. specimen all right yeah she's like i've done sure. something really good here and and then all she's done is turn the island She's done the same thing to this island that the humans have done to the rest of the world. And so in that sense, it doesn't matter if she gets off the island or not, because we're all on a fucking island that's half on fire where we've eradicated all the natural life. And that's the conservationist message. James Cameron's sweetheart. Yes. Oh, my God. I I love it. So it turns out she's a piece of shit. She 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 has turned this island. It turned out yes, the boyfriend yes. was right. <laughs> Who's gaslighting who? She's preoccupied with, you know, stuff that we understand why she's preoccupied with it. There was a time when humans had a lot to fear from the landscape and from the wildlife, and now that's completely passed. Where the wildlife and 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 the the natural setting has a lot to fear from us. And for her to, you know, she slays the beast, she's conquered, she's become lord of the island, she has turned the island into the rest of the world, down to she, her friends show up and she serves them Coca-Cola. You're telling me that's a coincidence? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't the, matter. The gods she must makes, be crazy. It doesn't matter if she makes it off the island or not, because there is nowhere you can go anymore. It's all burning down. We've slayed all the animals. And we just, we're all waiting to die now. <laughs> Fuck it. Screw it. Damn it. <laughs> That's my read. Holy shit. All right. Man, better, better movie. <laughs> it's right there. It's right there. <laughs> if, you, if you ask Chris, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for well, that, Chris. Yeah. That was well, awesome. Well, what the well, hell done. are we watching next time? <laughs> Steven's picking. Steven's picking. I'm picking. I thought, you know, maybe it's time we watch a classic horror story. Oh. That's our movie in two weeks. A classic horror story. Oh, really? That's literally what it's called. Yeah. (laughs) You can't go wrong. That's Spanish, Uh, I think? This is Italian. Oh, Italian. And uh, Netflix tells us, and, you know, they, they wouldn't spoil it for us, so I think this is safe. In this gruesome suspense film, strangers traveling in southern Italy have become stranded in the woods where they must fight desperately to get out alive. I literally know nothing else about it, but that's a hell of a title to live up to. Absolutely. We'll see if it does live up to that title in two weeks on the next episode of Every Horror Movie on Netflix. Yes. Uh, Like Patrick said earlier, check us out online in the meantime if you can't get enough of us. And I'm just going to give you a little hint. There's a good chance we'll have a special treat for some of our listeners on the next episode. So don't miss it. Oh, it might even be a treat for me. Yeah, I, we, we don't even know what he's talking about. So we'll all, we'll all find out together. <laughs> Until then, I'm Patrick. I'm Chris. And I'm Steven. See you next time. Mm-hmm.